Hi everyone, it's David Wheeler at Wickham Wanderers and you're listening to the Wickham Wanderers Show. Welcome to this week's edition of the Wickham Wanderers Show. A big thanks to Luke for looking after last week's show. Uh, you're very welcome, Colin. And uh, we'll, we'll, sorry. <laughs> it's a very brief thanks. Isn't it? Appearance from Luke again. He's still here. Uh, he's been here all the time. You, 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 you have you? I was going to say it was £12.50 for last week, thank you. Oh, OK. Like the ULES. Yes, exactly, yeah. <laughs> the same price. It's not bad, actually. £12.50. Yeah, for a minute. Hour. Sorry, no, a minute. Oh. Sorry. Sorry. Can I pay in instalments? OK, fine. Coming up this week, uh, in a few moments' time, you'll hear from Phil with our pre-match... Uh, what's it called? Not drills. No, briefing. briefing. That's it. I always forget that. I don't know why. I just keep wanting to call it briefing, but it just sounds strange. Um, we'll look ahead to the visit of Carlisle United, which has been uh, designated... I couldn't even think of the word designated. Uh, family day. Crikey. Uh, we're off to a flying start. I'm sure you'll agree. Uh, we'll also hear a bit of a, a recap of what happened on Ringing the Blues when uh, Lee Kulihi... <laughs> came to the studio I looked across for the sound effect and just looped at it uh, also we'll catch up with Peter James who uh, was at a gathering yesterday in Bisham of a number of ex-players we'll get his thoughts and memories from his time at the club he played uh, just over 50 times scored just under 40 goals and uh, we'll get his memories uh, including the word ditty is used in our chat which I think is the first fish so I don't think ditty has been used uh, and we'll, we'll chat to Phil in a few moments' time, and abreast is used as well. Wow. I know, some good words. Educational show tonight. Absolutely. Uh, also, we'll hear from Charlotte Hill, who uh, is the Wickham Wanderers women's player who uh, joins an elite group who scored from a corner. Uh, we'll catch up with Max Strick, who gives us, among other things, his uh, views on the uh, different coloured goalkeeper shirts for this season. And Matt Bloomfield, of course, the uh, Wickham Wanderers manager, will give us his thoughts uh, after we spoke to him as opposed to before at yesterday's press session uh, at the training ground so uh, lots to catch up on and uh, get the thoughts of including uh, Phil as I say with our what's it called pretty much briefing (laughs) that's it Uh, including his thoughts of course on uh, the latest performance at uh, Charlton uh, last Saturday yeah I think we played better certainly in the second half at Charlton than than we perhaps did away at Northampton and obviously where we won that game but then we lost against Charlton Athletic but you know, you have to take the positives from defeat as well as the learnings as well. I think um, defensively, uh, the goals we conceded were largely poor, the first two. The third one is almost forgivable because you're chasing the game in injury time. And I thought Corey Blackett-Taylor is probably one of the best left-sided players in the division and had a really good first half as well and, uh, and popped up with a goal on his birthday. But yeah, it certainly wasn't a 3-1 defeat on the on the balance of play. Obviously, the annals of time will always reflect it as a 3-1. But yeah, I think huge positives to take from the performance. Uh, and on another day, um, without the defensive lapses, then then that would have been a would have been a comfortable three points. I think. Equally, you know, we didn't take the chances when we were dominant. So yeah, again, something to look at there as well, and just a lack of sharpness in in both boxes, really. But the bits in the middle, um, vastly encouraging. So if we can knit that together, then we should be all right. Obviously, the five game unbeaten runs come to an end, but it does feel uh, the team is getting into a bit of a groove. Yeah, yeah, and again, you know, with the way that we played that second half uh, at Charlton, um, you know, some of the best attacking stuff we've played uh, under Matt Bloomfield, I think. Delighted for Freddie Potts to get his goal because um, I think his performances have warranted it. Um, Always had the feeling that when he did score, it'd be something special and it was sort of a Paul Scholes-esque volley, wasn't it, from a a second phase from a corner. But I think he's really sort of... um, He's been growing week on week and you know, we've been saying on the commentaries every week, it's a, it's a joy to watch him develop. But we have to remember as well, you know, Premier League 2, uh, early rounds of the Europa Conference League um, aren't 
you know, very similar to League One in many ways. Um, and uh, I'm really enjoying watching him and, and Josh going together in the middle of the park uh, and watching his evolution. And I think he's going to have a fantastic season for us. And uh, he's really laid the foundations for that. Uh, and he's a big part in, in how we move the ball forwards now. And really interesting on Tuesday's Ring in the Blues, you were discussing with Luke uh, Leahy about the sort of laws of the game. There seem to be some inconsistencies in the interpretation, if that's the best way to put it. But it must be tricky as players. But also for yourself, you know, you're, you're commentating and watching games where, you know, perhaps what you think might be given as a, as a, as a decision perhaps isn't necessarily the case. Look, I think referees have got a, a tougher job as it is um, without the likes of me sort of pulling them apart on their decisions. So what we try and do is just report on, on what's happening. I think, you know, the least that we can do as commentators as well is be abreast of the, the new laws every year, which I do every year. Uh, have done so um, with the Wickham uh, Referees Association, who very kindly down the years have, have uh, let me come along to their new laws presentation to make sure I'm fully aware of it because... You know, what we watch on a Saturday or match today, live at Adams Park or wherever Wickham Wanderers are, um, you know, there's referees that go right the way down to the right, you know, and, and these guys are just sort of doing their job for the love of the game and, and without them we won't be able to do it. I think it's a really tough job and, you know, the, the new laws that have come in presumably are there to improve the game. Sometimes it's not the easiest thing for the referees to do. Um, I'm just grateful we don't have VAR in League One because... Um, yeah, I think that could be quite tricky. <laughs> there was the offside decision that led to Charlton's second goal on the Saturday. Um, you know, and on the replay, it looked to be that Dale Taylor was onside. He wasn't even the player going after the ball. It was Gareth McCleary. You could see where the complaints came from, uh, from that. But, look, you know, I don't think the assistant referee or the referee sets out in the morning to make a mistake. They probably make, you know, between two and two, two and a half thousand decisions per game. Um, they're not going to get them all right. And if we roll the clock back to the home game against Blackpool, um, the Jordan Rhodes header on replay looks like he was onside. So I'm a big believer uh, in these things, even themselves out over the season. Perhaps there was some justice uh, distributed uh, just a week after that Blackpool game for Wickham. But I would rather that and talking about referees' decisions like this than than VAR and having that moment of, of magic of celebrating a goal taken away because someone's watching it on a TV however many hundred miles away, telling you if someone's armpit hair was uh, was impacting the play. Thank you very much indeed for bringing the word abreast to the show as well. That, that, that really has brought, brought something uh, which, which hopefully we can, <laughs> we can use more often. Uh, it's really nice as well for fans, I think, to know that, you know, with the injury issues, that the likes of Ryan Tafsoli has got some minutes in that, that uh, practice game this week as well. So he, he's working his way back. Yeah, it's good to see that these practice games are a regular occurrence as well. Two 30-minute halves uh, against the Slough Town team up at the training ground. And it just means that, you know, you've got that match sharpness. You're getting the minutes into the players who are who are injured. Uh, and it's a good way to have a look at people and see where the form is as well. Um, so, yeah, really, really positive on, on, on Monday uh, to see the goal scorers and also the people getting their minutes in. Uh, and making sure that they're hopefully available um, when it comes down to Saturdays in the league. And, and we've got a week of Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, uh, or eight days, as, um, as I've been told. Uh, it's not a week, it's eight days. Uh, but three games in eight days is, is quite intense. And you're going to need your squad for those. And uh, those that have seen pre-match drills will know that, that your maths has been uh, uh, correctly identified and it's a, a year in management for, for the manager. Yes, yeah, big achievement, I think, a big milestone uh, for any manager in the game. We know what a, a brittle existence it is being a Football League manager or, or manager at any level, I guess. But 
yeah, a year, obviously not all at Wickham. There was that spell at Colchester uh, at the start of Matt's managerial reign. And yeah, I think, you know, it's it's one to tick off. And it was really good to hear Matt talking on a, shouldn't really big up another podcast, but I will. Uh, it was the EFL podcast where I thought Matt Bloomfield spoke excellently on that about his time as a manager. And, you know, and it was just hearing him talk about that, about, you know, that's this is an approaching milestone and, and, you can see how Matt was as a player. You know, you tick these things off. You don't necessarily aim for them, but you get, you acknowledge them when they come, and you move on to the next one. Um, so yeah, so yeah, really good um, that he's got there, and hopefully we continue to build and, and grow as a club under his stewardship. So what can we expect from Carlisle on on Saturday? A team uh, fresh from League Two. Yeah, um, coming up from the playoff final, um, really interesting um, with Paul Simpson, a, a former player up there. And uh, it seems to me to be a very happy club. Um, the, the, the team, obviously, uh, and the fans are delighted to be back in League One after a nine-year absence. I think uh, they're delighted by the job as well that, that Paul Simpson is doing as manager. Um, you know, They come into the game with, with seven points from the opening nine games. So you could argue that's, that's not the best start, but coming up, uh, after an impacted summer because when you get to the playoff final you have less time to, to rest, recuperate and prepare. Uh, Wickham Wanderers will know all about that. Um, so yeah, so it's um, it's something that uh, that Carlisle fans seem to be understanding of which, you know, uh, football fans and understanding obviously words that we don't hear too often in the same <laughs> sentence but uh, they appear to be, uh, be pretty uh, happy with where they're at and the performances on the whole um, have probably warranted more points than, than they've got and you know a couple of decent points on the road of late uh, Lincoln away uh, a 1-1 draw I think was an excellent result and a 2-2 draw against Stevenage albeit a team that also came up last season but a team that started incredibly well in, in League One this season and you look at those two results and think well you know they look to be sort of finding their feet in this division so this is going to be be a very tricky game you know and it's been a it's been five years I think since we played them and we obviously spoke to Matt about the um, the last time that, that they did come to Adams Park at a fairly uneventful game if I remember correctly <laughs> uh, just just a 4-3 win and a 98th minute winner but you know, if we can have half as much fun as we did that day then it should be all set to be a classic at Adams Park. It should be a special atmosphere as well with, with the family day. Hopefully yeah um, you know with you know, hopefully young children come in to their first or maybe their second game or getting their first taste of, of live football. You know, we all know uh, what that feels like. You know, we've all had our first games and, and that first sight of the pitch and the magic and the atmosphere. Uh, so hopefully we can create uh, uh, some more Wickham Wanderers fans for the future because that's what it's all about. And hopefully uh, it's a great day for everybody. There are really special things that you, you take away, aren't there? Whether it's like the, something you hear on the PA system or whether it's the smell of the burgers and the onions or if you're lucky enough to meet a player in the car park and get your photo taken with them or something like that. Exactly that. And that's why I think someone like Wicked Wanderers is a great place to have your first game because if you get there early enough, you can you can hang out by the railings, by the player entrance and you can meet the players, have your photographs uh, with them, have a chat. Uh, and you're not going to get that at Arsenal uh, or Chelsea, uh, you know. So hopefully it's a great game as well. Um, I think statistically down the years, we've often struggled for results on, on days like this. So hopefully we can put that to bed uh, on Saturday and, 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 and entertain those there, uh, not just with a, with a decent performance, but hopefully some goals and, and a great result as well to cheer. Well, some brilliant speech. Thank you very much and enjoy the game. I will do. Thank you very much, Colin. Excellent chatting to you, Phil, as always. And we look forward to the word abreast being used in future editions of this show. Also, uh, if you were listening to Ringing the Blues on uh, Tuesday night, which there's a, an edited version of, I believe. Uh, there will be um, tomorrow for free. It's improved Mac drills this week, though. 
Yes, I think I meant that. Uh, also, uh, we uh, can give you a bit of a burst now because Luke <laughs> spoke to Phil. He was a studio guest, co-host, you might say, about some of those uh, rule interpretations that we were talking about a short time ago. Crystal Palace under 21s, the penalty. Before your penalty, the Crystal Palace goalkeeper got booked. What did he get booked for? I think quite a few things. It was uh, he knocking the bar. He was like pushing the bar above him and... Uh, moving side to side I think you're not allowed to do that and I think he was pretending to drink his water at the side of the post so I think he got booked for a few things yeah yeah because I learned quite a bit there because it says it I looked it up on the FA website the defending goalkeeper must remain on the goal line facing the kicker between the goal posts until the ball is kicked the goalkeeper must not behave in a way that unfairly distracts the kicker e.g. delay the taking of the kick or touch the goal post crossbar or the goal net. That last bit surprised me because I've always seen goalkeepers touch the crossbar. I found out afterwards is because it makes the dimensions smaller. of the goal different. Yeah, it makes it either bigger or smaller the way they're pushing it. So, so yeah, it worked, it worked the first time for him, didn't it? So thankfully it got retaken and, and I put I it was, away the second I was time. hoping you got it wrong and then we could, we could have retaken the question and then you could have <laughs> got it right the next time. Very good. <laughs> first goal for Wickham though, big milestone. Yeah, get that first one out of the way. Um, I've had a few chances to be fair in the league um, one against Dorian that I should have done better with but um, yeah delight to get it done it doesn't matter sort of for me what game it was or what competition it was in just to get that first one over the line is, is nice and, and hopefully I get play more uh, Now the other law change that's been across all of the divisions and lots of pundits and fans talking about it up and down the country the added on time now of course at Wickham we're used to double digits here at Wickham 10 minutes at the end of the game um, but it seems to be getting less and less every week. Is that because the players are changing their behaviour on the pitch? Yeah, maybe. I think so. I think um, going back to like the first few games of the season, it was, I think, 12 and 10 minutes. And um, you know, it was quite tough and t- quite hard to get used to. Um, but yeah, I think, I think we're understanding it more like the time-wasting. Chris got booked against Blackpool for, for time-wasting at the throw-in, didn't he? So I think, I think players more, are more aware of, of sort of the time-wasting and... I don't think you can as much now as well because of the multi-ball around the pitch. So, um, so yeah, but I think in some, some cases it, it helps us because, you know, um, the boys that we, we bring on, they're fresh and, and some of the quality that we bring on, you know, the more time the better sometimes because uh, if we're chasing a goal, then, then it's needed. Now, let's cast our minds back a couple of weeks at Sixfields. Wickham are winning that 1-1-0. One, one, I think there was 10 minutes added on at the end of that game. As a fan, I know what it feels like when you see the board up when you're winning by one goal. As a player, when you see that, when you look across, what does that feel like? Yeah, <laughs> I won't repeat what I thought when I when I seen it, but yeah, I think you look over, see if it's ten minutes, it's ten minutes. Take it in and then just deal with what's coming, sort of thing. I think in that game we dealt with everything they threw at us and, and we deserve that clean sheet. But no, I think once you see ten minutes when you're holding on to a lead, it it, it is. You have to be strong mentally to, to get through it. Whereas, on the other hand, if you're chasing a goal, then you know it, it, it helps you out. Is it something you all practice in training? Because you see it teams when they have a narrow lead, and you see them knock the ball about, keep ball, take it to other areas of the pitch. Is that something that you guys just intrinsically know as players to do that? Yeah, I think so. I don't think you know you don't practice it much, but it's just it's just like keeping the ball, I suppose, in a possession or or anything like that. Um, some cases it's just better kicking the ball away. I remember Bristol Rovers a few weeks ago when I think there was still three, four minutes added on and I got a ball on the halfway line and just 
booted it out for a throw and sort of like a, a rugby kick and definitely wasn't a shot no <laughs> yeah a few people come up to me and like that shot was that a shot I was like no but yeah I think in some cases in, in that instance it, it helps that way as well I thought you were trying to help the Green Councillor by knocking down the start of their new stand <laughs> I'm not going to comment on Bristol Road <laughs> <laughs> fair enough fair enough you mentioned the multi-ball system now when you're losing uh, I guess that's quite handy to see them dotted around the pitch I've seen Wickham take some quick throws I think David Wheeler took one against Blackpool from about four yards off the pitch <laughs> and, and nearly caught the team out and, and that's going to be something that adds into the game and more teams will get used to that as well I guess yeah definitely I think if, if someone's got a long throw that's sort of playing as a wing back or a, like a, a left or right centre half it, it could be a, a really good tactic um, just picking the ball up and, and throwing it and if the strikers are ready and, and aware um, and get behind their back line then ten, really you're in, you're in on a one-on-one so um, so yeah Dave, Dave's quite clever in that sense um, picking up on those little things and I think another thing as well is like Blackpool uh, the home game just telling the ball boys to calm down when they're thrown onto the pitch I think uh, their boys run for the ball and I was shouting to our ball boys like throw it away throw it away so <laughs> the dark arts of that sort of thing as well can, can help you out uh, you seem to have fitted into that at Wickham incredibly well I've done it for a while to be fair you're just you know trying to gain an edge on your opponent or trying to stop a, an attacking period for, for the opposition so yeah I've sort of done it sort of the, the last few, few <laughs> years so um, it's, it's perfect for this football club I suppose you can hear more from Luke Sorry. There won't be that gap in the podcast version. Uh, on Ring in the Blues, which you can catch up in full, and there's a, what was it, edited version? Uh, there's an edited version that's going to be uh, up tomorrow um, for free. It's in pre-match yours this week, which is really good. Part two of the Wicked Wonder Show on the way. Online, on Radio Player, and on 106.6 FM. This is Wickham Sound. Bill Turnbull, a broadcasting legend whose tireless campaigning for prostate cancer awareness left a lasting legacy for men's health in the UK. Bill's message was clear. I really want you and your loved ones to take this simple online risk check now. Let's honour Bill's legacy together. Let's get men across the UK to check their risk. Let's broadcast it like Bill. Check your risk. Share the risk checker. Save lives. Tuesday evenings from 7. Hello, Phil here from Wickham Wanderers, host of the award-nominated podcast Ringing the Blues, which is becoming a live radio show right here on Wickham Sound. Tuesdays, 7 till 8pm, you'll hear all the latest from Adams Park. We'll recap the game from the weekend, plus we'll talk to a whole host of people associated with the club, fans from around the world, and all the news from Wickham Wanderers. Tune in every Tuesday, 7 till 8. The Wickham Wanderers Show, Thursdays from 7. Still to come on this week's edition of the Wickham Wanderers show, we say happy birthday to a member of the first team. Uh, we hear from Charlotte Hill from Wickham Wanderers Women on scoring from corners and the Women's FA Cup. We'll catch up with Max Striak, who'll be talking uh, pink goalkeeper shirts and other things. And we'll hear from the manager as well. But first, with thanks as always to the Wickham Wanderers Ex-Players Association, we uh, take you back to uh, 1959 through to 1963. And someone who played 53 times for the club scored 39 goals, uh, currently now resides in Whitney, uh, where we uh, caught up with him earlier on today 
Uh, the day after, he was at uh, a gathering in Bisham with uh, a number of other uh, ex-teammates and other former players as well. Uh, Peter James has been uh, reliving his earliest memories and what he's taken from his time at the club. I think, overall, it was the friendship and teamwork amongst the players. As soon as I arrived there, I think it was Jackie Tomlin and Barry Darville come straight up, shook hands and said, welcome to the club, you know, we'll, we'll get you integrated as quickly as we can. And that was absolutely wonderful. I've never experienced anything like that before. And, um, you know, it turned out that the way everybody behaved themselves, even when we lost a game, there was none of this shouting and swearing around in the changing room. Everyone just tried to analyse it and take it and say, well, we'll put it right next week, this sort of thing. But it was just the whole aura of the club and the atmosphere was terrific. And um, the only place I, I'm a fairly keen rugby fan now, and um, I do see the rugby clubs have got a terrific tradition of the way they behave, both to the referee and to each other after the game and things like that, you know. And Wickham reminded me very much of that. And obviously you were brought in by Sid Can, which is obviously a very special you know, period in the club's history as well, to be managed by him. It was, indeed. Sid and Harry Bates came across to uh, talk to me before I went there. And at the time I was, on a thing now, I was around about the age of 20, I suppose. I remember Sid outlining to me, he said, right now, if you want to come, we'd like you to come, but we um, always have training on four nights a week before pre-season and we play a, a match of one hour each way on a Saturday and we do that for four weeks before the start of the season I thought mean, and at the time I was living in Oxford and I didn't have a, any, any mode of transport at all so I had to get over there four evenings a week for training and over there on a Saturday to play this practice matches. That was quite difficult because without transport, I used to rely on some work friends who worked in places like Marlow and lived in places like Marlow and um, around the Wickham area. And so I used to get lifts over in all sorts of transport on the back of motorbikes and everything <laughs> just for training. But it was well worth it. I'm sure it's very similar to some of the players today. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, they get cars bought at a very early age, I understand, <laughs> when they're pro, or even before they're pro. But, uh, yeah, it was, and that was the atmosphere. Everyone did the same. And um, it was just a, a terrific club to belong to. Sadly, Sid left after the first season I was there, and... Graham Adams took over and the atmosphere of, of, of everything all seemed to change and um, you know and what with having to move house as well you know I, I didn't stay that long but it was the time I was there was some of the best of my sporting life and um, you know I'm glad that we could still keep together as players and meet up occasionally. Because you made over 50 appearances and scored nearly 40 goals are there any particular games which really stand out? 
I think we played Walthamstow Avenue when Jim Lewis was playing, the old Jim Lewis, was playing centre-forward for them. And the one thing I do remember is that um, Walthamstow went down the field, Jim Lewis got the ball, whacked it, passed, I think Ken Brown was in goal at the time, passed the goalie, hit the metal staunchion at the back of the net, and Ken caught it. He thought he had hit the bar, he threw it out, and play continued, and the ref didn't realise it had gone in the net. And all of Walthamstow players were going mad. We went down the other end of the field, and I believe it was Len Worley scored a goal. And <laughs> that, that sticks in my mind like anything. But I must say, apart from the slope of the ground, um, Lokes Park was always a good ground to play on. It was very well looked after, and um, it was one of the better grounds of the league for, for a surface point of view. Albeit, you know, it took a while to get used to the angle of the pitch. <laughs> I was going to say, how did you find the slope? Oh, I wrote a little ditty, actually. We had a concert uh, for the club, and, I, I, and in this ditty, I, I, I said, you have to have one leg shorter than the other to play on the slope. <laughs> but, um, yes, it was, it was it's just a, a, great, a great club to belong to. And as you, as you touched on, there, there are players from that time there that you're still in touch with today. Yes, mainly I was very friendly with David Worley, who sadly died. Him plus his cousin Len Worley. I remained very close with those uh, when I left the, the um, club. I in fact, went on holiday with Dave Worley a couple of times and still keep in touch with his wife and Len Worley. We meet up from time to time, which is good. Sadly, my own wife is, um, has had to go into care, and so my life has been very restricted now, and mainly to concern with her. Yeah, of course. Oh, sorry to hear that. Do you still travel about on the back of a motorbike today? No, no. <laughs> I, I wouldn't dare go on a motorbike today. I used to get on the back of this motorbike from... Chappie lived near Wickham and that was in the days before the motorway and we used to roar up Aston Rowan Hill and I used to cling on the back of the, of the bike with my kit held out behind me, no crash helmet, you know, and really it was very, very um, insecure when I look back, but that was all part of life, you know, it was, it was good fun. No, absolutely. And I guess as well it was the travel that really led to, to your sort of departure from the club as well, really. Yes, it was. Because I moved to the west side of, of Oxford, it, it became very difficult and we decided to start a family and um, it just became too much. And also, as I say, the, the atmosphere in the club wasn't quite the same as it was when Tim Camp was there. Yeah, I decided to pack it in again, and uh, I went back to Abingdon Town. I, I must say that my times at Wickham are never to be forgotten. It's a lovely group of lads who, you know, everyone got on well with one another. There's very few clubs I would imagine have got contact with players going back to the sort of 50s and 60s, you know, and who genuinely still feel for the club. And you had a nice uh, get-together yesterday as well. How was that? That was very nice. It, sadly, I went to a previous one 
last year, and there was about three or four couldn't turn up yesterday. Like uh, Dennis Syrett and uh, Dennis Atkins, they couldn't make it. They were, of course, over at the club when I first joined. And, and again, very, very nice blokes. And of course, they're, they're in their 90s now, I believe. And um, still going strong, I hope. <laughs> but they, they were terrific, terrific personalities. Steve Hyde was there, and um, I can remember Steve Hyde coming into the team when, when I was over there. And um, he's a nice lad, and um, very modest, but very good clubman. And again, you know, when we meet up, it's as though we haven't been away from each other for a long time. You know, it's, it's great to meet up. That's what's really nice about the Ex-Players Association, isn't it? Oh, indeed, yes. It really is. It's... I shouldn't think there's many of the old clubs who've got this association that has come right through. I believe there's a very good relationship with the professional club as it is now with the older club. I, I, I can't, I don't go over to many functions, but everyone tells me the pros, you know, respect the way the amateurs have stuck together and run the club which is brilliant, really. No, absolutely. I'm, I'm sure you still keep an eye, an eye out for their scores as well. Of course, yes. I, I must say, lately I've, or the last few years, I've become a, a, a bigger fan, almost, of rugby now, because I like the attitudes in rugby, you know, the sportsmanship before the game and after the game. And, you know, they take the hard knocks they respect the referees, and my big dread in soccer is the way all the players are beginning to lie down, pretend they're injured, and argue with the referee all the time. But in rugby, that doesn't happen, and uh, it's, it's a shame, really. I, I watch it now, and it's a different game. When we, when we played, if we got kicked, we didn't like to show we were hurt, and we thought, well, I'll get him back. If I can, you know, and, um, but, but today the slightest touch and the down there and writhing and, and just to get the referee's attention or hopefully get somebody booked, which is, I think is terrible. No, absolutely. It certainly seems like rugby's, uh, you know, like you say, the, the sort of approach is much better. Oh, yeah. They, they call the referees, sir. And, uh, you know, it's, it's incredible, really. And, um, it is nice to see the attitudes that exist. Great chatting to uh, Peter James, who we spoke to earlier on this morning. He's just had a late breakfast after going swimming, which apparently he does uh, every morning. Uh, with thanks again, of course, to the Wickham Wanderers Ex-Players Association. Speaking of which, uh, we have some breaking ex-player news. As Black Beauty started. <laughs> Too much. <laughs> Too much or not, not enough. Tell the orchestra they can go now. <laughs> okay, they've got one more job. Uh, the breaking news this evening is uh, that Holmer Green uh, Football Club have announced the appointment of Keith Scott as manager of the first team. Uh, Keith has been closely involved with the team recently. He will continue to work with the existing coaching team. Uh, Keith replaces Tranel Richardson, who they thank for his work this season. That's the breaking news. <laughs>
I'll have more on that story later. Or maybe not. Uh, perhaps next week. Uh, just to let you know as well, we're uh, switching our attention now to Wigan Wanderers women uh, who have a uh, big FA Cup, women's FA Cup game on Sunday against Ascot Town. I've uh, been speaking to uh, Charlotte, Charlotte Hill, who you might recall uh, a couple of weeks back scored from a corner. It's not the first time I've done it. I mean, ever since um, I've grown up, I've tried to do it just from the corner because I've got an in-swinger. So, yeah, it's been something that my dad's always told me try and score from a corner because goalkeepers don't expect it so yeah uh, I thought I'd give it a try and it obviously paid off fantastic when it does come off as well especially in a you know in a game situation too yeah exactly and obviously not many people have done it following on from like Joe Jacobson Kate McCabe so yeah I'm in the books now <laughs> you're part of an elite group and really nice as well on social media Joe Jacobson was, was very appreciative as well so uh, it's great to have that kind of recognition I guess yeah, it is. And obviously he's done it before. So he knows the feeling of what it's like to score from like a corner. Because as I've said, like not everyone does it. So it's you feel a bit special when you do it. Absolutely. And I'm sure like mere, mere mortals like ourselves, are, you know, I, if, if, if someone like myself had tried it, then it probably wouldn't work many, many times. But but it's no fluke, is it? Because you, you, um, you've done it before. And as you say, and, and done it in training as well since. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I know some of the girls are probably lining up to try it to see if they can copy me. <laughs> No, definitely, because I'm sure you know many others could, but would need sort of assistance from wind, for example, or or perhaps someone to move the goalpost while they're doing it. Yeah, exactly. But no, not me. It just came off my foot, and yeah, went in the goal. So yeah, I was happy with it. It's a great skill to have, and obviously a, a fantastic attribute to be able to bring to to any game, but especially you know an important one, I imagine too. Yeah, exactly. And goalkeepers don't expect it. So like when you do do something like that, even if like the goalkeeper got a hand to it, I know that I'd always have my teammates there to either like try and head it in or yeah, get a rebound in. And fantastic as well to, to sort of have that for opposition because they'll know, oh, if Charlotte's playing, there's a, there's a danger, especially, you know, we want to give away a corner because there's a danger that she might score from that. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, with being the um, set piece person, like, I know that in a few of my other games, people have gone, oh, yeah, we don't want her taking the corner because, yeah, they can be dangerous. So, uh, yeah, it's quite good, especially for our team as well. It's a good way to score goals from. No, absolutely. I've been speaking to a couple of other players as well in the early part of the season, but does it feel really good you know, for yourself that, and the rest of the team that things are sort of starting to click now as well with, with the new arrivals that you've had sort of during the close season as well? Yeah, definitely. We've um we've all like suddenly clicked and it's it's been amazing. Obviously the win on Sunday was good uh, to get three points on the board. We've had a couple of draws and yeah, it's just good to get points on the board really and to have new players come in and contribute to that. It's been, it's been really good. And has it felt like you can really build on on what was achieved last season because I guess last season must have felt like a real yeah, sort of def- season of transition as well. Obviously we've had players leave and it's been like difficult but with the new players that have come in they fitted in perfectly and yeah I feel like Carl was done done a really good job with recruitment and yeah we just can't wait for the rest of the season and see what what it brings and have you been pleased with your own start to the season personally as well with my performance last week scoring from the corner then I think that's been the best game I've played so far but yeah I always I always look back on my performances and I know what I can improve on it's my first season being in the first team like properly. So, yeah, I'm just head down, trying to work hard and trying to keep my position in the starting eleven. And what's that progression been like? Is it, I guess it's been really nice just to, to sort of step up and, as you say, feel part of the first team. Yeah, it's good. I mean, I've, I've come from the under-18s like straight to the first team. So it's been, yeah, it's been a proper big step. Um, I've had experience in the under-23s, but, I mean, I felt welcomed by all the girls 
we've got some yeah some true leaders in the in the group that you know make the new players and the younger players feel welcome so yeah it's really good really nice to, to chat to you as someone who you know is obviously playing women's football currently and especially after the the summer and the, and the world cup and you know england doing so well have you really been influenced by that as well yeah i've yeah the lionesses they've they've done amazing i mean not winning the final it was it was hard to take but they've they've really done something for women's football and yeah it's really good and it's good for us as well because we've got like people like the brownies coming to our football wanting to watch us train and yeah it's just bringing us girls closer really and bringing more supporters down to our games. I was going to say that's one thing that's really, you know, I guess people who are watching women's football, you know, at international level or at WSL level and think, oh, there must be a team that I can I can follow, you know, locally as well. And, and that brings more interest to you. Exactly, yeah. I mean, we've we've had loads of supporters come down um, and, and it's been amazing. It helps us as well when we're playing because we can hear them, like, obviously singing and cheering for us. So it's it's a good little push even... You know, if we're losing, like we're one nil down, just a good little push to like help us try and score a goal and yeah, make it a good game for them to come and watch. And something a bit special this weekend as well with the, the women's FA Cup as well. Yeah, that's special. I mean, it's the first time for me playing in the FA Cup, so yeah, it's it is special. And you know, you follow teams like Arsenal and Chelsea, and you hope to get to the next round. It's going to be a tough game against Ascot, obviously. First game, uh, we lost to them, but I feel like we'll work hard in training this week, and yeah, we'll we'll give it a good shot after after a good win this weekend. Has that helped in a way that you kind of face them, especially early in the season as well, and you've got particular things that you can work on to kind of do better against them? Yeah, yeah, like Carl knows what to do. He's got he's got stuff for us to work on, obviously this week in training, and it just helps us as players as well, like know how we can improve from that performance and as a team together we can be positive and go forward and know that we can give it our all and yeah try to get to the next round and is it extra motivation as well because for this current team you'll want to get further than than the, the team's got in in previous years of the competition yeah definitely and you know that's that's always a push to do better than we done last season and I feel like we are already doing that with how many points we have um, on the board already so yeah, we're just going to keep pushing, keep working hard, and yeah, hopefully we can we can get something back this season. And what would you say will be a successful season for both yourself and and the team this year? For me personally, I just want to yeah keep working hard in the first team, keep my position, try and score score a couple more corners <laughs> um, to help the team. And as a team collective, I feel just try and win as many games as possible, and you know fight for that promotion because that's that's what we want really as a team. And really nice for yourself and the rest of the players to know that, you know, you can, you know, be an inspiration to other, you know, young girls coming up and especially yourself being a great advert for, for progression in the, as you say, you came from the under 18s and are now in the first team. Yeah, exactly. And when I was in the under 18s and watching the first team, like it does make you feel like, oh yeah, if I work hard enough, then I can get there. And obviously I have. So for the girls that, you know, are in the under 23s and under 18s that want to push, you know, it is possible that you've just got to put your head down and work hard because, you know, I've I've been there and I've done it. So I know what it takes. And yeah, everyone's capable of doing it. Great chatting to uh, Charlotte Hill. And obviously we wish uh, the chair girls all the best for the Women's FA Cup. We'll be uh, reflecting on how they get on uh, on Sunday or next week's show. We'll be chatting to Amy Leach. Online, on Radio Player and on 106.6 FM. This is Wickham Sound. Hi, it's Max Shreyak. You're listening to Wickham Sound. 
Still to come, we'll be hearing from Max in full in a few moments' time. Uh, more from the manager as well, Matt Bloomfield, uh, looking ahead to the family day uh, of the visit of Carlisle United to Adams Park on Saturday and uh, lots more as well, including his thoughts on how the season is going so far. And we've got a, a notice board section, which we're saving until the end. With sound effect. Oh, it's not Black Beauty again, It's not it? Black Beauty. <laughs> looking forward to that as, uh, as we give you some news from around the club uh, with uh, Lucas's inside role. Yeah, why not? <laughs> Made you sound like a spy or something. <laughs> uh, but first, as mentioned, as part of the uh, press session yesterday, we caught up with goalkeeper Max Strieck to find out, among other things, how he feels the season's going so far. So far, I think we are in a good place. Obviously, the results on Saturday wasn't there. Unfortunately, we lost the game, but I think there's lots of positives to take from the game. Mm, second half, we were really good. Uh, before, we played Blackpool, which was another amazing performance by the team, and I believe if we keep going uh, and play, keep playing the same way, I think we will be in a good spot. Obviously, not the start we wanted, but in general, we are happy with our performances and how everything is going. It must be so pleasing to be on that unbeaten run, and as you say, the, the performance on Saturday was, was very positive as well. Yeah, obviously, like, you know, we, we lost the game 3-1, but we created so many chances. I think there was other one to say anything about the referee's decisions, but obviously, I think uh, we all know that we could get something out of the game. So it's never going to, like, it's so harsh to, to lose the game 3-1, especially when you think we could have won it as well. We've done enough to probably win it or get a point. And defensively, very pleasing as well. Yeah, obviously, we're considering goals, but we, we we analyze it, we keep moving forward, and obviously, like, we are still in a position where we played how many games? We played this season, 10 games, 11 games this season. So it's obviously so many new faces in the building, and we're still getting to know each other, and it will take time, obviously, to understand the habits of so many different players, but we are in a good spot. Does it feel like things are starting to really kind of settle and click already, or would you say it's still a little early? Uh, I think we all know what to expect from each other. We kind of glued in as a group. We are really, obviously, we everyone respect each other. We are getting connect more connected as a team, and I think uh, it's going to take a little while. But like, uh, we are really progressing as a team, so that's the main thing. And are you pleased with your own start to the season personally? Personally, uh, yes, but on the other side, I'm not happy with the amount of goals we consider. But obviously, as I said, it's still early in the season. Made a few good saves as well. So, yeah, I'm happy, but I'm hoping to, to, to be uh, more consistent with my performances. And then, obviously, if I can help the team to win the games, that's, that's a bonus. And uh, that's the main thing, to be fair. It's not a bonus, it's the main thing to, to, to keep winning games. And then. That's it, really, yeah. And nice that you've got almost a, a sort of mini club, if you like, of, of goalkeepers now as well. Yeah, it's obviously Franco joining later in the season. Uh, he's a great guy, great goalkeeper as well. Um, bringing, you know, competition to, to, to the table. Obviously, Laurie is a young goalkeeper who is... Uh, he's, he's talented, obviously. He needs some game time, and I think... Uh, He's good prospects in terms of like uh, his personality, whatever he offers as a person and as a goalkeeper. He's got every ability to go and perform. I think he he just needs some game time. Obviously, Franco uh, made his debut the other day. Uh, played really good, kept clean sheet, and obviously he's 
it's good to have a competition in, in the team and obviously it's a good environment to work out as well so I'm pleased with that and are you settling into your, your goalkeeping shirts this season? Uh, yeah, I think I have to play more in the pink because I'm playing unbelievable in the pink. <laughs> yeah, but like I, I think my favourite colour it's uh, actually I would say pink one. I don't know why I just feel, feel comfortable. Good. Yeah, comfortable wearing it, and uh, I just don't know. Apparently, it's uh, it's matching my tan as well. So it's good. <laughs> And you've got uh, obviously Carlisle coming up this weekend and a great opportunity for fans to get behind the team with the, the family there as well. Yeah, I think obviously we have to focus on ourselves. I think we we have to win the game. I think obviously Carlisle just uh, got promoted last season. We're, we're expecting a tough game. But I think in this league every game is tough. So um, we give the respect to the Carlisle, but I, I hope we don't give them enough respect to, to match us in terms of performance and I hope we win the game and hopefully a clean sheet for yourself as well that will be bonus obviously but as I said the main main thing for the team is to win games so even if we win 2-1 or 3-2 whatever that takes uh, it's better to win the game than drew the game now now so take that Great to chat to uh, Max, of course, and to find out his thoughts on the uh, the various goalkeeping shirts. What do you call the other one, the multicolour one? That's called. Is it called something? That's like a um, kaleidoscope. Or? It's Curry House. Curry House. Yeah, official, official name. <laughs> I like the pink one as well. It's my favourite. The pink is very nice, it isn't is it? Very nice. It works on so many levels. It does. <laughs> a great chat to Max. As I say, you also have the opportunity to speak to manager Matt Bloomfield. Uh, first of all, you might have heard his post-match comments uh, speaking after the Charlton defeat. And apart from the result, very happy with the performance. Overall, was it in the performance, we, we were pleased. Um, I, you know, I'm a really I'm a big believer in football that you, you count your chickens too early and this game comes back and bites you on the backside. So we, we can't get too carried away in our performances. Of course, we've been really pleased to put some points on the board and we were pleased with a, a lot of the parts of the performance at Charlton but it's an ongoing process and it's a, a continuing improvement for us we want to get better there's lots of bits that we have been pleased about there f- feels like there's some shoots of positivity around the, the performances and, and the way the team's coming together I feel like there's a good feeling around the place the training ground and, and the supporters at, at the moment and we want to keep that continuing but the only way to do that is to by working as hard as we possibly can every single day on the training ground and making sure that we're being the best we can be. Does it feel like it's still too early in the season to sort of judge or assess, you know, kind of where you're at? I think it was Phil that said rather than yourself, but after about 10 games, it'd be a good sort of uh, gauge to kind of see where, where you're at. Yeah, I think that, you know, if, if you look up and down the football league, there's some clubs that have been able to keep some continuity over the summer. There's a lot of clubs that the manager's changed or a big proportion of their playing staff has changed. Um, and I, you know, I'm, I'm lucky enough to be be friendly with with some managers who are going through that process also. So you're able to discuss what's going well, what's not going well, and and bounce some ideas around. And I think that for us, it's it's about trying to be um, better in every occasion that we possibly can. Obviously, we are pleased with the, you know the points we put on the board after 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 the games that we've had. But you know, I think that there's a deep desire here to continually get better. Um, I'm certainly not content or satisfied with what we've gone done so far it's about you know um, about being better at, at all occasions and, and we've certainly tried to put that in place at the training ground this week and do you notice sort of settling in there if that's the right expression of, of players yeah quite possibly I think that's probably a nice way to put it I think that you know over the last few weeks there has been a maybe a, a set a slightly more settled feel about the the, the playing staff um, and the coaching staff in terms of that you know cohesion as a group because these things can never 
be done overnight. It takes time to really build strong relationships, and that's what what we're about. And we've spoken about it a lot again this week in terms of you know the the togetherness of the group is really pleasing considering they've been together for such a short period of time but maybe there's been a, a slight feeling more of you know settled in from from everybody and which is nice um, because you know you you win nothing with individuals you you achieve nothing with individuals we have a really strong group um you know coaching staff playing staff supporters staff at the training ground and, and at the ground it has to be one group uh, moving forward together and it feels like um we've had that a little bit more over the previous weeks but I'll probably come back to my first point. There's absolutely no counting of our chickens around here in terms of we've cracked it. Absolutely not. We we have a real big desire to to try and get better. And myself and Tomo and the rest of the coaching staff, you know, we've we've worked you know harder if not you know harder if if that's possible this week to to go into all aspects of our performance last week and you know really drag out the good bits and, and present that to the boys, but also show the bits where we need to be cleaner in possession and and stronger and sturdier out of possession and, and we have to make sure we can keep looking at that Yeah, behind closed doors game on, on uh, Monday great to see um, TJ and, and Dale scoring what, what did you take from that? Yeah it, exactly that it was great to see those boys hit the back of the net it was great for Taft to get some minutes we've really been really pleased with Jasper and, and Declan Taylor-Clark in terms of their exposure to first team in the in the EFL Trophy last week we've got another game coming up in a couple of weeks so we were really keen to give these boys the opportunity to be as match sharp and match fit as we possibly can so when we judge them in those first team outings that they're they're up to speed so to speak it's it's not fair to expose them to a first team game and and them not be ready so we've been really pleased with what they've done you know obviously looking at Brex and uh, Killian, you know, boys who maybe missed a bit of pre-season who are getting up to speed as well and we're really pleased to have them here on loan and, and getting them into to what we're doing. So there's was, there was loads of positive bits to come out of it, loads of bits that, again, like a first-team game, loads we want to improve on, loads that we want to get cleaner in possession and um, those passing triggers and the passing patterns that we do in possession, but, you know, out of possession, how we press, where we press and, and making sure that we make the, the development games as close to a first-team affair as we possibly can so then it's hopefully a seamless transition. And coming up on Saturday, you come up against a team who, who are newly promoted. I know we spoke to you before about you know whether you're facing a, an established League One side or someone who's perhaps come down from the Championship. Does that really make a difference as to what sort of threats they, they can bring as well? Yeah, because they've got that cohesive unit that we've spoken about. They've got a well-oiled, well-drilled team and a manager who knows the level uh, and has achieved great success at the, at the level in, in the past. Got the you know Our last game as a management staff was for Colchester was at Carlisle, so we've played them in the not-too-recent uh, past and we, we've watched them again this week. We we know how well organised and, and what a good team they are. So we need to make sure we're ready for that. We have to be better out of possession than what we were last week at Charlton. We have to make sure we're stronger. And then in possession, we have to try and bring the positives from last week and add some bits on from Blackpool and some bits from the other games and, and just be as complete as we possibly can. We, we're um, determined and, and we we have an endless um, drive for as complete a performance as we possibly can, both in possession and out of possession. That's what drives us on. And if we keep doing that, then hopefully we can keep picking up some points. And fans will have good memories of Carlisle visiting and yourself as well. Yeah, definitely. You know, Beanie's goal in the in injury time with ten men. You know, that was the promotion season. You know, I said it earlier on. I'll say it again. It's you know the the difference between good seasons and great seasons is when those moments go in your favour. And that was certainly one of those. We were tuning up, I believe, and, and cruising. Found ourselves three two down with ten men, and you know, seemingly losing the game before you know it we've got a, I remember Paris equalised and then thinking thank God for that we've got a, we've got a point and before you know it you know I think I took the free kick and Wickham style put it in their penalty area it comes out to Beanie he volleys it in he goes running off for his parents who unfortunately had already left the game I go running off it was one of those moments where you lose all control of your body and 
you know everyone's just running in opposite directions just going mental it was uh, an amazing feeling it was uh, something that i'll never forget and great to have uh, family day this weekend as well and obviously you know i'm sure families who, who, who perhaps bring children for the first time for their first game is really special yeah we're, we're big advocates of you know family it's you know my biggest value in my in my biggest value in my life is my family my wife and my two girls and, and trying to give them the best life and we conduct that around the training ground and we've had a family day here uh, in, in the last few weeks in terms of the lads bringing their their kids and their wives and girlfriends and come and spending some time together and down at the ground we we want our supporters to enjoy the family day as a group you know that family feel and being as a football club you know one of the first things that new signings say is what family feel that the football club um, has we look after wives girlfriends children at match days for the players and and so in the stands we want that you know those guys to feel at home so i really hope we're able to give them a, a good day out on saturday and hopefully the start of another unbeaten run as well yeah we spoke about that again after after Charlton you know football season you know the football season is all about runs um, you know trying to put a run back to back trying to be unbeaten trying to put winning spells together you know one's broken and you have to try and start another one as quickly as possible we want to bounce back we want to come up the traps and show that hunger and desire on Saturday and it's important that we do that so um, let's hope that we can we can marry up that hunger and desire with a performance and, and hopefully that's a good performance Pleasure to speak to the manager of course uh, just got time for the uh, very underrated uh, notice board section of the show <laughs> thank you <laughs> very low tech not the only one with sound effects Mr Catchpole <laughs> uh, should we start with a birthday let's uh, it is Ryan Taffazoli's birthday today happy birthday Ryan happy birthday uh, four appearances uh, 28 jewels won passing accuracy of 71% uh, 49 touches per, per game and 18 recoveries very interesting fact stats there stat uh, in exciting news uh, for Wickham Wanderers Foundation and Jason McCarthy uh, he has joined uh, their Elite Development Academy uh, as he moulds and shapes the future stars uh, of uh, well, Wickham astrology and the surrounding, area, uh, surrounding areas um, if Johnny King is listening uh, hopefully he won't be doing his music taste either because we know Johnny wasn't a fan of that uh, no no um, some um, Possible sad news, um, possibly. Uh, Wickham Wanderers League One fixture against Chelsea Town at Adams Park, uh, scheduled for Saturday the 14th of October, has been postponed due to international call-ups. The Chairboys have received call-ups for three-plus players who will be announced when their nation's squads are made. A new date for the Chelsea game will be announced in due course. Uh, Tickets purchased for the match will remain valid for the new date. Excellent. Congratulations. It's good news for David Wheeler as well. Oh, it's like you knew when the next tab was open. Uh, yes, David Wheeler has been... a tab sh- open? I've got a tab open. Uh, David Wheeler has been shortlisted for the Athlete of the Year Prize at the Green Sports Award. Uh, he is up against such people like Pat Cummings and uh, Sebastian Vettel. Ooh. Exciting, I know. Uh, the winner for that uh, is announced on Monday the 2nd of October. <laughs> Thank you. Um... Family fun day on Saturday. We've oh, mentioned yes. it, but lots going on. What's going on? Uh, Wickham Leisure Centre is going to be doing some football activities. Uh, petting pigs with cute little pigs. That's right, pigs. Uh, teacups and uh, Lord's Surf Simulator and large deck chairs. Did you say pigs and teacups? Or are they separate? Uh, they were separate, but oh. maybe you could put... No, don't. Um, all the details can be found uh, on the Wickham Wanderers website where you can also find out where you can get some autographs from... Fa- uh, from not from France, from players. And if that wasn't exciting enough... There is some new autograph books and pens in the Wicker Wanderers shop as well, if you haven't got one. You've been doing some filming at the training ground of such... Such, uh, such things, yeah. yeah. Keep an, sh- spoilers. Uh, keep awesome. an eye on the uh, Wicker Wanderers website for that. And I think there's other stuff happening, so just keep an eye on social media all day. So just keep an eye on it. It's not okay. going on. Um, and, of course, we'll be there as well. Yes. 
and a task Ooh. for the listeners of the Wickham Wanderers show Ooh, uh, between now and this week. Take uh, this down. Th- you know about this. Oh. This question uh, was making the rounds at the training ground on Thursday. Uh, name the seven Davids who have won a Premier League medal stat. Ooh, Answers this? next week. Don't Google. That would be cheating. It's a good question, actually. If you're listening on Spotify, I'll make it so you can leave a little question. You can send us your answers. Nice. If you're not, uh, email us twws at wickhamsound.org.uk. Seven Davids who've won a Premier League medal stats. Thank you. Notice board section end. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, more from the notice board next week, if we've got time. Uh, and also next week, as I say, Amy Leach from Wickham Wanderers Women. Ooh. We're due to be chatting to Gary Thompson, Ooh. thanks to Wickham Wanderers Ex-Players Association. And there's talk, TBC, Ooh. that uh, we're, we're sort of uh, being inspired by uh, Ringing the Blues. Snicking something from them as well. <laughs> Possibly having a first team player live on the Ooh. show. That could be quite exciting as well. Very much looking forward to that. Is it Halloween next week? I was just wondering why you keep doing that. No, it's exciting, Ooh, not... Ooh, that's spooky. That was, yeah, that was creepy, that one. Uh, thank you very much indeed for listening. Don't forget there'll be a podcast version available very soon. Uh, and uh, enjoy the family day against Carlisle on Saturday. Or tomorrow if you're listening to this on Friday. Or yesterday if it's Sunday. <laughs> you get the idea. 